I would like us to recite together the summary of the Ten Commandments as Jesus taught in the Gospels, and this particular passage comes from Mark 12. Let's read it together. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now before I continue, I want us to go back to a basic question that is very, very important. First off, if we obey the Ten Commandments in and of itself, can we please God? No, we cannot work our way to God. We cannot become good enough in God's eyes by obeying the Ten Commandments. It is only through coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who lived out the law perfectly and gave himself sacrificially on our behalf and made payment on our behalf that we can live out the Ten Commandments and live them out with freedom and with power, not to please God necessarily, but out of showing our love and our awe of Him and and out of a heart of thankfulness to Him. So I wanted to preface that. But now, as believers in Jesus Christ, I do want to pose this question. As a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, how is the law, the Ten Commandments, to be lived out in our day-to-day lives? Pastor Dan has preached on this now for several weeks, and actually all of the messages you've ever heard have basically touched on that. How do we love God, and how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? And I think um, one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite um, epistles, the letters in the New Testament, is the the letter of James. And James does a beautiful job of of describing what does active faith look like. James begins. James, a follower of Jesus Christ and of God to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, to the congregation of Eatonville Baptist Church, greeting. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, Let him ask God, who gives to all men generously and without reproaching, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, will receive anything from the Lord. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, 
its flower falls, its beauty perishes, so will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good endowment and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rank growth of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a doer of the word and not a hearer, uh, is, is, is a hearer only and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face in the mirror, and he goes away, and it forgets what he looks like. But he who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, he shall be blessed in his doing. If any of you think he is, he is a religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this man's religion is vain. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. My brethren, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man and shabby clothing also comes in. And you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, have a seat here, please. Why you say to the poor man, stand there, or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the honorable name which was invoked of you, over you? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. If you do not commit adultery, but do kill, you've become a transgressor of the law. 
So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Yet mercy triumphs over judgment. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is ill-clad and in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what does it profit? So faith by itself, if it has not works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith. I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you shallow man, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? You see, faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by works. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not also Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for you know that we who teach shall be judged with greater strictness. For we all make many mistakes, and if anyone makes no mistakes in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body also. We put bits into the mouths of horses that they may obey us. We guide their whole bodies. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So the tongue is a little member. Boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is an unrighteous world among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the cycle of nature, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. A restless evil, full of deadly poison, whither we bless the Lord and Father, and whither we curse men who are made in the image of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, fresh water and brackish? Does a fig tree, my brother, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good life, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. 
This wisdom is not such as comes down is not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits without uncertainty or insincerity. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes wars? What causes fightings among you? Is it not your members that are at war in you? You desire and do not have, so you kill. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask, but ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Unfaithful creatures, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is in vain that the scripture says he yearns, he yearns jealously over the spirit he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves there before the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you men of double mind, wretched, and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brethren. He that speaks evil against his brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you are a judge of the law, you are no longer a doer, but a judge. There's one lawgiver and judge. He was able to save and to destroy. But who are you that you judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we shall go into such and such a town. Spend a year there and trade and get gain. Whereas you do not know about tomorrow. What is your life? <laughs> for you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. Whereas we boast in our arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Whoever knows what is right to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have rusted and the rust will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You've laid up treasure for the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your field, which you kept back by fraud. Cry out, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. 
You've lived on the earth in luxury and in pleasure. You've fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. You've condemned, you've killed the righteous man. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient over it until it receives the early and the late rain. You also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is coming, standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we call those happy who were steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Elijah, Elijah was a man of like nature with ourselves. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth its fruit. My brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from the air of his ways will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, how often we play games with our relationship with you. We step in and out of the beautiful love and umbrella that you've shown us under Christ. First, we serve you. And then when things don't meet our expectations, we take things into our own hand and we serve our own need. Oh, Lord, we so need your forgiveness. Every moment we need it. But, Lord, we are so grateful, though, that we were not left to obey the commandments to please you, but, Lord, that your love for us was already there before creation even began. And you knew we would fall and you knew that we would be unable to approach you and to restore that relationship that we broke. You did not break the relationship we did. So, Father, humble our hearts. Lord, if we're harboring sin intentionally, Lord, give us the strength and, Father, the stamina 
to release it, turn our back upon it, and turn toward you. Father, for any that don't know you, that, Lord, are just under the weight and burden of sin and brokenness and the burden of being put down and stomped down by this world, Oh, Father, may they see that they can have absolute freedom in the beautiful uh, love of our Lord Jesus Christ who took all of our burdens upon the cross and bore them to Calvary and paid in full the price that we owed and could not pay back to you. So, Father, how precious you are to us. And again, Father, forgive us for not loving you in return. So, Father, as we go into this time of communion, may each, may your Holy Spirit search out each heart here. And, Father, may we be totally honest before your throne. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me, to look on him and Righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory. And
my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. One with himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and with Christ my Savior and my God. You may be seated. Before we go into communion, if you have your Bibles ready, open to the book of John, chapter 13. And starting in verses 3 through 5. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him things given all things into his hands, and he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, and he laid aside his outer garments and taken a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered, What am I doing? You do not understand, but afterwards you will understand. Then you skip over to verses 12 through 17. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And then on verse 34, he continues, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. 
And with this, he went into the communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 23 and 24. For I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's give thanks for the body of Christ. Lord God, you had planned from the beginning for this that your son Jesus would come to earth, live a perfect life, fulfilling the law, and, Lord, that he would be sacrificed for our sins, that he would be placed on a cross, and he would die there, bearing our sins, that we may stand before you, Lord, righteous by his suffering, and his sacrifice for us. So Lord Jesus, we give this day to you. And we ask, Lord, for your guiding divine just, you know, ah, that you would show us the way. For you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to Jesus except through you. Or come to you except through Jesus. So let's take the bread and partake together. In Jesus' body. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's partake of the cup together. I love the phrase in the in James where he says, but he gives more grace. Let's sing together. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Here we go. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our And Lord, send us out this day in that grace. Lord, may it be a precious grace to us. May we not trample on it. And Lord, we give you thanks for this time together as a body of believers brought together by Christ and united together in the spirit. So Lord, bless the week and bless the day that lies ahead. We pray in Christ's name, amen. And you're excused.